Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Second Take Variety Hour. The Second Take Variety Hour is filmed in front of a live studio audience. Welcome to the Second Take Variety Hour, the only show on the internet filmed simultaneously inside my kitchen and wherever Jordan is. I am uh, coming live from quite literally in my bed. Oh God, it sounds so much better than what I'm doing. I'm sitting in this hard wooden chair. I don't know. <laughs> I, I miss the kitchen sometimes. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's been weeks. And it has been. It's a bit of a state right now. You're actually, it's probably better that you're not here. <laughs> it's living at home means a lot more dishes. Sorry, living at home, working at home means a lot more dishes are being used all the time. And we just get inundated with plates piled up and we're like, oh, we're horrible people. It doesn't matter. My face is like the opposite because I've been working from home. I've been able to like do extra loads of washing and like dishes and stuff like during the day. Like my place is probably the cleanest it's been in ages. Every now and then, um, Jess does flip out while she's working at home, and instead of going on to her break, she'll turn around and just do the dishes. Like that does happen. So I can't <laughs> say that she's not in the same state of mind that you are. But it, it's 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 a test between the fact that we're home to use so many more plates as well that it's being the challenge for us. Yeah, but oh, that's true. Yeah, it's a fun time for everyone. Um, well, welcome to my special Animal Crossing episode in which I talk about nothing but Animal Crossing. Um, what, are you, what are you looking at talking about today, Jordan? Um, I mean, coming fresh off of it today, I was going to talk about WrestleMania, but I don't know if you've watched it and I feel like our listeners have probably been through enough. So um, I'm uh, going to talk about a uh, Spanish movie that I found on Netflix recently called The Platform. I was going to briefly talk about that because I had watched like a 45 minute breakdown on that film and I was going to talk oh, about dude. it. So I've there you go. seen, I know probably not as much, obviously not as much as you, but I can talk to you about it a little bit too. So that's good. Um, That'll be good. So I will say WrestleMania, we'll just get it out of the way. I, I watched from like 10.30 onwards. I was meant, to, I was hoping to be woken up by 10. It didn't happen. So I missed the Sami mm-hmm. Zayn Daniel Bryan match, which is the only match out of two days it, that I actually uh, cared about. Um, uh, it was uh, it was nothing special, honestly. It was really, really, really disappointing. Yeah. But I did get Especially to see. Especially for those two. I'm sure it would have been better with the crowd, right? Is that like the tagline? Yeah. <laughs> WrestleMania 37. That's not even it. Hey, like, honestly, for the whole show, like, I was just like, I mean, sure, it would be better with the crowd, but like, a lot of the matches were just nothing to write home about. Well, good old I, I expected I expected that, that Brian and Sammy would be good, but it was just kind of, it was just there. Like, it just felt like a, a TV match with a bad finish. Yeah. Well, I didn't see that. I joined during the triple threat ladder match for the tag titles, which is a ridiculous concept. Okay. Why do they don't just give uh, Morrison a makeup partner and just have a normal- I, I don't know. Was it just too many bodies? It, I guess it could have been, but like, it's just a weird, a weird decision. Yeah. Like, 
I think that would have been better or even just, I don't know, like vacate the titles and that have well. the Usos and New Day have a normal match. And they would have done a great match anyway. I don't know. They, they did what they did. If, I mean, that match was fun. I liked that one. That was like probably one of like maybe three matches on the whole show that I can say I genuinely enjoyed. Yep. Um, Goldberg losing the title, whatever, sure. Get it, I mean, get out of here. Um, that's fine. I mean, I was fine with it, but I also am, am no advocate for Braun Strowman, so that was just whatever for me. Yeah, it's it just passing the torch to the same thing. A guy that does four-minute squash matches. Except Goldbergs are actually better. Well, they, well, they used to be. <laughs> a spear is yeah. just a more visually interesting move than a power slam for me. I would say so, yeah. Um, but the Boneyard match is the reason I wanted to really talk about this. Although, Bro, one, cinematic gold. I th- it was very well made. I was watching it. Yeah, I, like, um, no cap, like, no bullshit, like, complete shoot. I loved it. Really? <laughs> I yeah, like it ironically. I it was so fun. <laughs> like it for me, it's just like, See, this I is crazy. I thought I was going to as well. And then like, I got like halfway through and I was just like, nah, like no cap, no irony. This is fucking dope. <laughs> okay. So for those who haven't seen it, which is, I'm going to assume probably the majority of our listeners, but um, AJ Styles, a Southern wrestler, fought The Undertaker. You probably know him just because you exist in the world. and He's been wrestling for so long in a fully cinematic, like movie quality. Oh no, uh, WWE movie quality. There we go. Um, graveyard. Movie. Yes. Well, they called it a boneyard match, but it was effectively a match at a graveyard. And there were like multiple camera angles. I think there was a score at some point. I'm trying to remember because I've always a score throughout the entire thing. The whole match had a score. <laughs> and because um, this is because of COVID-19, they couldn't do WrestleMania with a crowd. This match was a gimmick match and they couldn't do it where they wanted to do it anyway. So they ended up just doing a filmed match rather than an actual like live match. So, and it was... It was good for what that is. It's just, it's, it's hard to, it wasn't wrestling. It was fight. It was, it was choreographed fighting. And I know you might be thinking, oh, sir, that sounds like wrestling. No, no, it <laughs> wasn't a wrestling match. It was literally just a fight scene that somebody filmed in a graveyard with was, multiple cameras. It was a short action movie. <laughs> exactly. And for that, it was good. But then I'm like, so does Meltzer, does Dave Meltzer give this a star rating still? Because it wasn't a wrestling if match. It's, if it's anything under than six, I'm unsubscribing. <laughs> um, I want to go back and rewatch it because I was still like waking up as this one was on, and I was just like, "What I'm, is like?" I'm going probably going to watch it again when we finish recording. Like, no, <laughs> <lie>. <laughs> Jesus. All right. Well, that's... it was just like uh, it was like it's like they basically took everything that they did wrong with like that House of Horrors match a while ago. Oh and yeah, just, yeah. Like did it all right, which is just like it's all just like complete rip off of like Matt Hardy and the broken universe, but it was so, so good. Yeah. Like the production values were really, really high for it. Like I'm I'm just a little taken back because it's, it was so not wrestling, but that's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just confusing. I'm surprised that they did it the way that they did and that it was the main event, given that like when they did that Matt Hardy, Bray Wyatt, like ultimate deletion thing, like I remember like, I think Matt Hardy said on like some interview that Vince was just like, I don't get it. Yep. Like, I don't know why he's like given all this faith in it now, but it's good because it was like the two like main people that were behind, like, well, creatively, not creatively, like visually behind like the final deletion and all that, like broken Matt Hardy stuff work for WWE now. And I'm pretty sure did this. Like that's why it just has that, that same feel, but obviously with like a bit more money behind it. A lot. Yeah. A lot more money. I always considered like the broken universe stuff to just be your classic, like B movie you know, yeah. trauma films sort of thing, which is not a, I'm not dissing it, but like that's, I've always seen it as that it's meant to be just God awful in quality. 
but they're yeah. telling this big, you know, huge story with it. But yeah, so this this is coming out on the Wednesday. So by now, day two of WrestleMania would have aired. We obviously haven't seen it because we're recording this a few, you know, at the same day as day one. So hopefully, day two. I'm goes assuming well. they're doing a very similar thing for the Bray Wyatt John Cena match, which will hopefully be just as fun and enjoyable. But I'm more excited. Bray, Wy- Bray-, Bray Wyatt's track record for the doing this style is not very good, so I guess we'll see. But, you know, we can actually have Bray and The Fiend on screen at the same time because it's fully yeah, filmed. Well, they, can- did that on, um, they did that on SmackDown, and it was kind of cool. Oh, I did guess. they? Oh, I just haven't watched this. <laughs> yeah, they did like a – it was like a little – um just like the end of like a segment because they shot it in the performance and it was like Cena was in the ring and then at the other end of the room was like The Fiend and it was like standing there and then they did like a return shot where it was normal Bray Wyatt standing behind him. It was kind of cool. Okay. Did people lose their shit like they did when Matt Hardy quote teleported on AEW? Did they go crazy? (laughs) Yeah, except, so you know, that was obviously no good and very bad and this was amazing. Oh, of course. That's how that works. Yep. (laughs) All right, well. Animal Crossing. Let's let's get out, we'll get out of wrestling because we're we're in the midst of wrestling this fortnight anyway. Let's let's do it. Fill me in on this Animal Crossing. So basic premise is the same as every other Animal Crossing, but you're a human character that's decided I don't like civilization. I'm going to go live somewhere else. In this case, it's on an island. You go to the island through like Nook Enterprises. Tom Nook is the man in charge of all this. He's a raccoon. He'll bring you to the island, set you up in a tent, and then charge you fifty thousand dollars to live there. Yikes. Yep. So the basic premise of the game is to pay off that debt and then you go to him like, I want a house now. And he goes like, cool, I'll build you a house. Then he builds you the house and he's like, all right, you now owe me $90,000. So you pay off the $90,000, whatever it is. And then you go back, I want to extend my house. He's like, cool, I'll extend your house. Now you owe me $200,000. It's it's Capitalist scum? Yes, but he gives you, he'll give you the thing and then the loan. So all you have to do is pay off the loan in front to get the new loan. And he's pretty good with not hounding you for the second loan. So it's, it's quite friendly in that sense, but he's he's there for the money. You 100%, he's a capitalist. <laughs> he wants your freaking money. Um, but it's a collectathon. Like you just walk around, cut down your trees, yeah. gather your wood, get your berries, go fishing, go mining, sell it all. So you can buy furniture, make furniture, get clothes, change your house, pay mm-hmm. off your debt. Like that's it. It's just hit at the right damn time because everybody is stuck at home. And it's a game yeah. that's literally about exploring the outdoors and it's slow. It runs on a real time clock. So if I log on at six in the morning, it's six in the morning there. If I go on now, mm-hmm. it's whatever time it is now. Um, the shops also run to that time in it. So the shops I like to use in the game run between 8, p- 8 a.m. to 10 p.m. So depending on what time we finish. Very like sort of true to life. Yeah. Especially, or true, definitely true to Australia life anyway. Actually, I think 10 p.m. is pretty late shot. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, and it's just going around. Um, it's connected in a way so you can visit other people that have the same game and go to their islands as well. And then you can get resources that they have there that you don't have on yours. So for example, my my uh, island grows peaches, but Jess's island grows okay. cherries. So I went to her island, got some cherries, and then went back to mine and planted some cherry trees. So now I can get cherries. And it's the same thing. Like there's certain items that you can just get from certain regions. That's all. And okay. Yeah. But it's just built to be relaxing. It's, you know, like in mobile games when you like you do a thing and it's like, this thing will take three hours to do. Yeah. And you've got to wait. Come back tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Um, it doesn't give you those sort of things. It doesn't tell you like the hours, but like if you upgrade your house, he just says your house will be upgraded by tomorrow. So normally tomorrow, 8 a.m. or mm-hmm. whatever, when you log on, it's finished. But okay. Um, but it gives you a lot of those points where it's not telling you put down the game, 
but because it's being used in real time like that, that there will just hit a point where you're like, there's nothing more I can achieve today. And that's okay. So you just put your character to sleep and come back, you know, when you get time tomorrow and then you can, you know, oh, look at where you went. So there's no story. It's just sort of mm. a, like how Minecraft has no story. It's just sort of create right. fun, you know? Yeah, that's cool. The that's downside. And I went into, I'm going to go into this a little bit on, on Friday. So apologies if you've doubled up here, you do get one full account per console. So I logged on and mm. played mine. So when Jess went to log onto the Switch and play hers, she had to go to my island. She couldn't make her own island. And because I'm the protagonist on my island, I get all the little missions and she doesn't get any of them. So because she right. really wanted to play the game and she couldn't play it properly, um, we actually went out and bought her a Switch Lite and another copy of the game. So we've now got two Switches. <laughs> and the Switch I was playing was her Christmas present. So technically Jess has two Switches now. <laughs> So it worked out well for everybody. Yeah, especially for Nintendo. That's what I'll say. Um, yeah, <laughs> but that's fine. But that means like we could play at the same time at least, because at least even if, if we could have two two you know full games on one console, we couldn't both play right now, for example. So having the extra one uh, yeah, for right. the situation makes it better. But here I am losing my mind because Final Fantasy VII the remakes came out, and I'm mm. not going to be able to buy it till Friday. So hopefully Animal Crossing oh, gives me sane. something to look forward to. Oh, absolutely, yeah. So, you watched the platform though, right? Yeah, yeah, I did. Well, tell me about it. I, I've seen, I, like I said, I watched a big breakdown of it only just today, just yeah. after WrestleMania when I had nothing to do. But um, yeah, yeah. So it's basically like um, I figure out the easiest way to explain it. It's like it's a relatively simple story, but like there's so much going on in it. Yeah. Um, basically, it's about this guy who um, basically volunteers to serve six months in this place called the Hole. Um, which in exchange gets him like a diploma uh, for, I can't remember what for exactly. Um, but basically it's just like a prison that's structured entirely vertically. Um, so each floor has uh, two inmates. Uh, you stay on each floor for like a month at a time. Yep. And then at the end of each month, you're basically knocked out with gas and moved to a different floor. Um, essentially the crux of it is that on each floor, um, coming down is like everyone's fed off of one singular table that just goes down the hole from level one all the way down to you know, the lowest level. Yep. Um, and basically each, um, it stops at each floor for like, I think like 30 seconds or a minute or so, like not a very long time. And essentially you get what's left over from the people that are on the floor higher than you, um, which is, yeah, it really makes for a really, really interesting film. Um, basically it's like a really, really like interesting and ingenious like premise really because it's basically just a complete like allegory for like how life is like, yeah, the people society at the as a whole get whatever they want and the people at the bottom get what's left over yeah um but yeah it's really 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 interesting um super like sort of tense really um really engaging as well which is i'm not like usually super into like foreign films but like this is like this like hooks me in right away yeah, it's like it is a super, super interesting premise. And I guess like yeah, one of the key parts is that every month they do get knocked out. So I think that when it starts off when I was watching the guys like on floor thirty six or whatever, and by the time the food gets down to him, yeah. it's pretty it's pretty rank. Pretty and, barren, yeah. Yeah, and then like later on though, he'll go down to like floor 180 or something like that. And by the time he gets down there, mm-hmm. all the plates are like licked clean, like they're pres- almost pristine. Yeah. And the point is like there's 70 odd more floors below that level. So it's about, mm-hmm. you know, the people at the bottom, unfortunately, having to turn on each other to survive. And in a lot of cases, like yeah, killing exactly. each other to like, turn to cannibalism. What and do stuff. you, 
what do you do to get what you need when you are on one of those lower floors? Yeah. So I thought it was like, yeah, really, really interesting and just a very visually, mm. like just like the whole platform and the set, like the actual set itself looks really cool. That's what, that's really, that's what. Um, yeah. It's like the, the production design and like the visual effects and stuff are like really, really impressive. And then like upstairs, we should say that this, this, table of food that levitates down like this stone bench yeah. of food um it's being made in this kitchen on level zero and it's being made by like all these super high class chefs and the man that's running it he's like going through literally with like tweezers and finding hairs and making sure this feel this food is just absolutely yeah, gonna be immaculate yeah exactly and then yeah it's the whole premise was oh, so from what i gather at least from the breakdown that i saw so I realistically there was probably enough food for everyone to eat and survive, but people weren't caring yeah. about those that were below them. They were caring about themselves. So it hits exactly, level yeah. one and they're gorging themselves. So level two gets it and it's already like a quarter of it's decimated. So then they do it out of fear because you know, they need, you know, they want more food. Then it just exactly. goes and on. They don't know what's, what's going to come down. And that the whole point of like, if they talk to the people below them, Hey, only take what you need. Cause you can see the you can see the levels above and below you. Yeah. Because um, of yeah. the layout, and even if you can convince the people below you not to eat as much as you know they can and to eat what they need, rather, there's no way that you can guarantee the person above you is doing it. So it was sort of like game yeah. theorying each other, but not working because yeah, no exactly. was ter- terrified. Yeah, yeah, and I guess without like sort of spoiling a bunch of of what happens in the movie, that's essentially kind of what the the plot comes down to. Is a couple of the uh, inmates there basically try to you know, rally everybody around. Well, there's one, like one particular character who essentially like tries to get that whole thing going. Like, look, just take what you need and everyone's going to be able to survive. But nobody really gets on board with it. Yeah. And before you try and find your, your little way of how would I survive the situation, they, they kind of get rid of ideas like that. If you, any foods left on your side, uh, on your level, when the table goes down, yeah, your exactly. room of the super it's heats up or like, chills out or something and you can- Chills to freeze, yeah. So you have to like eat the food there and there. You can't save it. You can't ration. Like you yeah. just have this one you chance. You can't beat the game. So yeah, good good stuff. It looked really interesting. So it was Spanish. That was the thing. Yeah, no, it's Spanish. Yeah, like and yeah, it's really really good, really fascinating. Because if you've got yeah, you know, if you're looking for just something to to watch to pass some time, it's really really good. Because it makes you think as well. It's like kind of like you watch it and you're sort of like, uh, this really is kind of the world that we live in. Is <laughs> yeah. It reminds me of um, um, the director's first feature film as well, which considering like how well put together and well made it is really impressive. I'm curious if it was one of the ones that was commissioned by Netflix or whether it was just made and sold to Netflix because they've got one. Yeah, I'm not too sure. Similar. I say similar. It's kind of, have you seen the circle? Uh, I haven't seen it, but I've seen like the the trailer and like I've heard people talk about it. Yeah. So the, I mean, basic premises, everyone's in this one room, they're standing on circles and they have to vote on who's the next person to die. Um, and mm-hmm. then they'll just kind of drop dead. And it's kind of them debating all, you know, through democracy almost, who should die, who should survive, and, you know, going through the yeah. numbers and rationalizing, well, we shouldn't kill the little girl, but maybe we should kill the old person because she's close to death anyway. Like, And it was kind of like one of those, once again, social experiment movies, but it's like horror-esque yeah. in that way too. Um, definitely, yeah, it's definitely one that I've been meaning to watch. But yeah, I, I think while we're in isolation and everyone's terrified, these are the, these, these are the ones to go with, right? <laughs> these are the ones, yeah. This is why I watched School of Rock the <laughs> All of the ones that, you know, show, show the breakdown of society. <laughs> That's what you want to watch when we're in a worldwide pandemic, right? Yeah. Um, anything else on that one or are you good for that? Um, no, like I guess it's, just, it's good. It's like one of those kind of like sort of horror type films that, you know, has something to say. 
but um, yeah, definitely worth checking out. Like, even if you're not like a big horror fan, like there's really only like a, a few scenes that have a bit of, you know, sort of you know, visual gore and stuff like that. But otherwise it's like, it is a disturbing movie in a lot of places, but like, it's not so much like a, a visual thing. So if you're not good with like gore and stuff like that, there's probably only like two or three scenes that might sort of make you wince. But yeah. I'm not really, really good. Highly recommend it. Oh, perfect. And this kind of thing is like the sort of horror movie that I would like because it isn't just like jump scare so, yeah. bullshit. Like, yeah, it's not like, you know, supernatural serial killer. Like it's a really, really cool concept and really interesting. I think you probably, yeah, I think you probably would like it. Awesome. All right. Well, um, in terms of socials, we've got a Facebook, facebook.com slash second take. Um, you got the rest, Jordan. I've, I've I spaced on Twitter and um, Instagram again. <laughs> All good. I will pick up the scraps. Uh, we have our Twitter at Second Take TNC, and you can check out our Instagram at Second Take Podcast. Uh, my own Twitter and also Jordan NSTP. If you want to follow me, and Seb, your Twitter um, at Bastion underscore James. Um, there, there, there we go. Our website, secondtakepodcast.com, and send us an email at secondtakepodcast at gmail.com. And we do also have a Patreon, which is patreon.com slash secondtake. Uh, once again, we're saying on Monday, um, just because of, you know, unforeseen events. Is that how WWE phrases it? Um, <laughs> um, Andrew is currently... Um, the current situation. That's the one. Due to the current situation, um, <laughs> Andrew's not able to work at the moment just because his work's had to pause for a little bit. So um, any... Do we get demonetized if we say coronavirus? I know no, we can say do. it. We can say it. We're fine. Coronavirus, 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 coronavirus. Um, but yeah, anyone that signs up to our Patreon, even for a dollar a month, that money will be going directly towards um, Andrew and his family to support them in the meantime. Um, so yeah please do consider donating and we'll be back on Monday for our final wrestling uh, movie review of um, Fighting With My Family Uh, thanks Jordan Second Take Podcast is recorded within the Moreton Bay region of Queensland, Australia, and acknowledges this region's original owners, namely the Jinnabara, Kabi Kabi, and Yugera people. Second Take Podcast respectfully acknowledges the traditional custodians of these lands, and we pay our respects to elders past, present, and emerging, for they hold the memories, the traditions, the cultures, and hopes of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.